Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Welcome, truth seekers. On this issue of a measure of truth, we have author, speaker, and financial expert, Irene Freeman. On this episode, we'll explore how to get out of debt. Your credit says a lot about who you are, and it's one of the most important aspects of your financial profile. If you have bad credit, you could be denied for a loan, receive higher interest rates, get fired, lose a job, or get denied for security clearance, have legal action taken against you, be treated like a criminal, or lose friends and family because of your debt. Paying just the minimum monthly credit card payment on a loan payment causes the average consumer to pay two to three times the original cost of the items purchased. But there's still hope as long as you're willing to stop procrastinating. Don't live in fear and don't wait to get help. Start now to improve your financial profile. If you need help to develop a plan to deal with your current financial situation, this is the show for you. Or maybe you could pass along a plan of action to someone in need. Let's be honest. If you've never worked your way out of a financial crisis, chances are you wouldn't know where to begin. It's about time to get your finances in order. It will only take a hard look at your current situation and put your pride aside and focus on the measure of truth. Harim Freeman, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Wow, and we've got you at a great time, too, in the middle of spending season. So (laughs) I'm sure everyone's just thinking about, you know, how they're going to fix what they're sort of breaking right now as the season puts us in full steam ahead spin mode. Yes, 
Yes, this is the holidays are a great time to celebrate with family and friends, but it can also be a time where many people go into debt and overextend themselves using credit. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's interesting. Um, you know, you can use credit as a tool, but you know you have to have quite a bit of discipline. Let's talk first about the right way to use credit and loans and things of that nature. Well, the right way to use credit is to use it as a secondary form of payment or tertiary form of payment. Most Americans use credit as a primary form of payment, and that's the wrong way to use it. Um, you should pay for items with your debit card or credit card. Um, that way you pay for the original price of the item. Um, when you use credit, you end up paying more than the, what the item costs because of finance charges. And then for those who carry over balances month to month, you end up paying hundreds or thousands of dollars in interest over a period of time uh, for the original cost of the item. So you really want to make sure that if you cannot afford an item, don't buy it. That's the advice that your parents or maybe grandparents or great-grandparents used. If they didn't have money to purchase the item, they didn't buy it. So you really have to change your mindset about how you spend your money and think in terms of needs versus wants. Is this item really something I need or something I want? If it's something you want, you can save up for that item instead of just using your credit cards. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, a lot of things that people – think that they're buying at a bargain or on sale are going to still cost them more than a good price for that item if they decide to try to buy that on credit. Of course, retailers know this, and um, they offer quite a few deals on store credit cards and things like that that are very tempting, you know, that gives you, you know, a certain percentage off of your purchase, and there's just so many different ways to get roped into this. And, and let's talk about, too, how um, some of these things are sort of, they're, they're really a, a mechanism to get people to spend and to go into debt. Well, it's all a game. I mean, companies are in business to make money, and they would think of hundreds of ways to get people to spend money as well as go into debt. And if you don't know how to how to master the game, you will be taken advantage of, you will be victimized or in some cases discriminated against. So you have to know what you're getting into. Before you even sign up for a credit card, you need to read the terms and conditions, read the fine print, you know, find out all the fees associated with the credit card, find out exactly what you're getting into because not every credit card is, is the same, not every bank or financial institution is the same. And make sure you adhere to those guidelines and rules that apply to that particular credit card. Um, and be aware of what you're spending your money on. You know, create a budget, track your spending. You know, look at what you're spending your money on. You can start with just tracking your spending for seven days. Look exactly what you're spending your money on. If you're using your credit card, look at your monthly payments. Look how much finance charges and interest you're being charged each month for, you know, sometimes maybe one purchase or two purchases. That, that adds up over a period of time, and in 12 months you'll be shocked how much you've paid in interest when you could have just paid cash for the item and saved yourself a ton of money. And when you're talking about reading the fine print, there's some things in there, too, I think that are important that maybe we ought to try to define and help people to understand the difference in how they work. Um, explain to us how the annual percentage rate is different from your interest rate. So the um, so basically the interest rate is the rate that you uh, are charged on a daily basis. Um, mm -hmm. So you may have a Visa credit card, and they may say the interest rate is you know ten percent. So you're going to be charged ten percent every day uh, on the balance on your credit card. Now, the uh, annual percentage rate, or you may, you may hear someone say APR, is the annual cost um, to a customer, um, including fees, uh, for using that particular credit card. So um, the APR includes charges such as fees, um, you know, interest rates, uh, or they may call it finance charges. It includes a lot of other things, um, you know, besides the, besides the interest rate. 
And so it's really important that consumers understand that um, there is a difference, and uh, you that's why uh, you do pay more for item when you carry over balances as opposed to paying them off, um, you know, at the end of the month. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of these companies will, you know, get you focused on the interest rate, and you, that sort of slips past the annual percentage rate. And also, of course, when you have zero interest for a set period of time, which is a um, ticking time bomb, just waiting to come and get you with interest rates as high as 33% or even higher. Um, when you have worked with someone who's gotten caught under that uh, big boulder of credit, how do you begin to help them to work themselves out of the hole that they've dug for themselves? Well, the first thing you have to do is, like I said, change your mindset. You have to change the way you think about spending. You have to really uh, come to terms with your financial situation and really come to terms with, you know what, there, there are some instances where I may not be able to afford the things that I want to buy. There are some instances where I do not have the money to buy the things that I want to buy. In some instances, I'm going to have to make sacrifice to buy the things that I want. In some instances, I can't keep up with someone else or keep up appearances. I have to face reality and say I cannot afford this. I have to live below my means. And so once they come to terms with that and acknowledge that they have a problem, then they need to create a plan uh, to get themselves out of their financial situation. And then the next thing they need to do is actually implement the plan. Um, whatever plan you set up, you can call your creditors, set up payment plans with each one of them, and then you need to review and revise the plan as needed. So acknowledge, plan, implement, and review and revise. Right. And some of the tools that are available to people, some of the options that are available as well that people may not know about who feel that their situation is hopeless, that they can't really begin because it's already too late. Tell us um, about just how you can pretty much start from wherever you are to begin to build back your credit and to dig yourself out of a financial crisis. You can dig yourself out of financial crisis. Now, some people who may be in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. So, for example, I had a client who had a kidney transplant and did not have medical insurance, and his medical bills totaled a million dollars. So, in that instance, he was never going to be able to pay that debt off. So, he had to file bankruptcy. Um, that's an extreme case. But in some instances, some people may not get out of their situation no matter how many years they pay on their debt. Um, so you have to look at each situation case by case. But in general, you can uh, get yourself out of debt. It's not going to be an overnight fix. It's not going to be a quick fix. If someone tells you it's going to be a quick fix, they're not being honest and they're not telling you the truth. It takes time for your credit scores to increase. It takes time to pay off debt and to get back on track with your with your finances. So you want to make sure that you have patience, that you are disciplined, and that you um, persevere. You may get frustrated. You may not get a response from a creditor. You may not get a response from the credit bureau, but you have to persevere. You have to fight for your credit because if you don't fight for your credit, no one else will. That's right. And you alluded to something, too, that um, often happens to people who are in trouble financially. Um, they sort of look for that quick fit and find themselves even further in debt because they chose someone who chose to take advantage of this situation as opposed to truly help. What are some of the things that uh, folks should look out for when they're seeking assistance? Well, you should look for um, reputable companies. You can go to the Better Business Bureau website, uh, bbb.org. Not every company is listed there, but that's a place to start. You can Google the company. Uh, you can go to the company website, you know, look around to see if you receive any information about testimonials or previous clients. And you can ask for referrals. Um, just try to do as much research as you can about the company. See if there are any, uh, if the person has done any interviews, written any articles. Um, you know, just try to get as much information as you can about the company. Um, the next thing you want to do is make sure that they deliver what they promise. If a co company says they're going to do 
a particular service for you, make sure that they deliver what, what they promise. Make sure you get in writing the services they are going to deliver, the fees associated with the services, and uh, how those services are going to impact you and when those services will be completed. Okay. So you're saying you should make sure they adhere to the timetable and the plan that they set out. And as soon as they start yes. to deviate, is that, a, you know, a, a real indication that maybe you might be working with the wrong person? Yes, that that will be. And then the, the most the, the most basic thing I tell people is to go with your gut. Your gut will never direct you mm. wrong, will mm. never steer you wrong. If you get a bad feeling about working with someone or if you get a feeling in your gut that something isn't right, that means that you should walk away from that company and try to find another company. Yes, yeah, and, and that's very important, too, because that's one of the most disheartening things that could happen is someone who seeks help ends up, you know, making the wrong decision, and they're worse off when they finally have made up their mind to, you know, put things in order. Yes, you're absolutely correct, yes. I mean, in so, some instances, you know, uh, customers have to go to multiple companies to get assistance because the company that they use, you know, took advantage of them, of them and didn't provide the service um, that they promised that they would. In one instance, um I spoke with a potential client a few uh, days ago, and a company was going to charge him $1,000 a month for four months to help him with his credit. And so I told him, you know, he shouldn't really use that company. It shouldn't cost that much for someone to help you with your credit. So there are tons of companies out there who are going to take advantage of you, but you have to be diligent and do your research uh, to find a reputable company. So help people to understand, too, um, for instance, the services you provide so they can understand the structure of what is really taking place that will help them to, um, you know, restructure their debt. So basically, um, to restructure your debt, you know, the first thing you have to do is get a copy of your credit report from www.annualcreditreport.com. You want to verify all the information on your credit reports. Three major credit bureaus are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Make sure all the information on your credit report is accurate from your date of birth, from your social security number, your phone numbers, your employer, the addresses where you lived, the account status, the name of the company, the balance owed, the type of account. Make sure every single piece of data is correct. Any debts that you owe, if you are behind on those debts or you have any late payments, you want to set up a contact the creditor. On a credit report, it lists each creditor and their contact information. You want to contact them, set up a payment plan with them to pay back the debt, and you want to make sure that you get a confirmation letter from the company saying that the debt has been paid. Make sure that you the payment that you set up is, is something that you can't afford, and make sure you stick to the payment arrangements. If for some reason you can't, Stick to the payment arrangements. Call the company right away and try to set up some other type of plan. Some companies actually have financial hardship programs, and so you can ask the company if they have any of those available if you're unable to uh, make the minimum payments or if you're unable to set up a payment plan. But the key is that uh, no matter what your situation, you need to be in contact with the company to prevent them from taking legal action against you. Even if you cannot afford to make a payment, you still need to contact the company. I recommend calling the company as well as sending a letter via certified mail and return receipt. And make sure you stay in contact with the company because if for some reason in the future they do take legal action against you, you have proof when you go to court to say that you did notify the company and you did contact them, which um, makes you appear in a better light in front of the judge. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, so are are you saying you should deal with the company directly and not deal with debt collectors? Well, there are two options. You can mm-hmm. deal with the debt collector, but what you want to do is what's called a debt validation. You want to ask the debt collection company or collection agency to validate the debt, and you use the term debt validation. And basically, the company has to provide burden of proof that you actually owe the debt. Um, and they will contact the original creditor to get that proof and send it to you. But the most important thing is that you have to make sure the debt collection agency 
has a license to collect on a debt in your state. In addition, you have to make sure that it is a reputable company. There are several companies out there that are not reputable that don't have a license at all to collect on a debt. Because if you don't, you can end up paying pay a company and that information is not reported to your credit report because you did uh, business with the wrong company. So what wow. you want to do is contact the original creditor. Um, if it has been turned over to a collection agency, ask them the name and contact information of that company, and they'll give it to you. And then you contact that company directly. That way you know that you're mm-hmm. giving your payment to the appropriate company, and it will be appropriately updated on your credit report. Now, the second option is you can um, ask the original creditor to take the debt back from the collection agency. Um, Sometimes they will take the debt back if you promise or if you agree to um, pay off the debt. And so that's the second second option that you have. Mm, Awesome. And um, you are out there, you know, doing seminars and teaching people as well. Give us an idea of what you actually speak on besides, I mean, when you're speaking to a group, I guess the information is not as, you know, I guess targeted towards a specific group of people. Um, What do you generally talk about when you're doing your seminars? So I give seminars on lots of different financial topics. I give seminars on credit. I give seminars on how to dispute issues on your credit. I give seminars on how to pay off your debt, uh, how to pay off student loans. I give seminars on how to pay for college for your children. I give seminars on uh, planning for retirement. I give seminars on how to establish business credit. I give seminars on how to budget and track your spending. Uh, Seminars on how to save money, uh, how to reduce spending when you're going shopping, how to effectively use coupons. Um, You know, I just go the gamut of the financial topics. So I give all kinds of information um, to the audiences. Um, Based on the need of the the company that hires me uh, or the group that hires me, and I give seminars to children as well as adults. Okay. And uh, and I see that you're on iTunes as well now. So what are you doing on iTunes? So I have some financial audio CDs um, that I created, and uh, it's just about 30 minutes, and I give financial advice on a different topics such as uh, budgeting, how to get out of debt, um, that people can purchase and listen to to listen to while they're in their car, um, just to get advice, just to provide a different option for people. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, that that is a great way to, um, you know, receive information. You know, audiobooks are big now as well. So, you know, just plug it into your car, and um, you can't say you don't have time when you're stuck in traffic anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you, you've been doing this for quite some time. Um, give us your story about how you found your way into um, helping people with their you know, and becoming a financial expert. Yes. So basically my uh, story started when I was in college. Um, By the time I graduated college, I had 13 credit cards. And I got a job. Uh, My annual salary at the time was 13. Oh, sorry. My annual salary at the time was $21,000. And I lost my job. And so I was unable to make the monthly payments. And so I was able to get another full-time job and a part-time job. But by that time, my debt had grown to $19,000, which was almost equal to my wow. salary. So, wow. yes. Yes. So um, I put myself on a strict budget. I didn't go out to eat. I didn't go to the hairdresser. I didn't buy any new clothes. I didn't hang out with my friends. I took my lunch to work every single day. At the time, I didn't have a car. I was still living at home. I was about two about 20, 21, 22. And so I, uh, you know, took public transportation to work, and it took about four years to pay everything off, but I was able to pay everything off and go on to have great credit, to uh, purchase a car, purchase a home, uh, get financial training education, and start a business. Now, at some point, you had negative you know, things on your credit report. How yes. were you, yeah, how were you able to dig yourself out? Because, 
You're saying you were making $21,000 a year and had $19,000 in debt. How did you just not, you know, fall apart at that point? Oh, I did fall apart several times. <laughs> <laughs> I fell apart several times. I pulled my hair out. I cried. I rolled on the floor. I screamed and hollered. Um, but I had financial goals that I wanted to achieve. I knew I wanted to be a homeowner. I knew that there were goals that I wanted to achieve, and I knew that I would not be able to achieve them if I continued on the path that I was on. So I was accountable. I pledged to myself that, you know what, I did this to myself. I'm not going to ask anyone to help me. It's my fault. I'm in this situation. Um, yes, the credit card companies took advantage of me because I was only – 17, and I told them that I was, um, you know, a college student and I didn't have any income. But they said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, go ahead and sign up. At that time, they didn't have the laws that they do now. And so you had to be 18 years old. Um, you had to be at least 18 before uh, you could be approved for a credit card. Um, and they didn't really have to verify income. They were supposed to, but it wasn't, the laws weren't in place like they are now. And so, um, yeah, I just made a pledge to myself that I wanted to get out of this situation and I would do whatever it took to get out. I would get at home, get home at 11 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday, you know, from working two jobs. And, you know, I just made the hardest, tough sacrifices. And I'm glad I did because it paid off. And I learned my lesson at such an early age that I vowed to myself that I would never repeat that mistake again, and I and I haven't. And the only bill I have now is my mortgage. Mm, wow, that's awesome. You know, we we got a caller on the line. Um, caller, I'm just going to let you know that when I put you on, I am talking to you. The last four numbers of your telephone number is 8476. I'm going to bring you on now, and uh, if you have a question for Harim, let me know. Hello, caller. You're on. Hi. A measure of Truth. Hi, how are Hi, you? Hi. Um, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Did you have a question for Harim? Um, no, I didn't have a question. I, I, I just saw your show on um, Facebook, and... Um, I'm just, you know, listening in. I definitely need some um, insight on getting out of debt. <laughs> so um, I, I said I wanted to listen in and take notes. Oh, okay. Well, if you have a question and you want to get back on, I'm going to just put you back on mute. You just hit me up on the chat on Facebook if we're connected already, and I'll be sure to put okay. you back on. All right? Okay. What's your Thank name? Thank you. Imani. Oh, okay, Imani. Hello, Imani. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, Michael. How are you? Good, good, good. Okay, let's get back to Irene. All right. All right, Irene. I'm just ready because last time you did a show, it blew up. I was really, really surprised. (laughs) I mean, we had thousands of people downloading this show, and I just was like, wow, I I would have never known. And, And that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that you're on a little earlier this year. Yes, I'm excited, too. Now, do you have any seminars coming up that we should um, know about in the near future? No, I don't have any seminars coming up. I have uh, a few radio shows, um, but I don't have any seminars coming up uh, anytime soon. Okay. And um, tell us a little bit about your business, your blog, and your website, and just, you know, the services that you provide as well. Sure. Uh, so my business is H.E. Freeman Enterprises, and we provide financial counseling to individuals, um, to adults, and we also do group financial counseling uh, to groups of five, between five to 12 people. Um, we also provide financial literacy, educational workshops and seminars to churches, colleges and universities, nonprofits, civic and social organizations, fraternities, sororities, government agencies, corporations. And um, I also provide media expertise uh, to various media outlets. Um, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter at H-A-R-R-I-N-E. I'm on Facebook, H-E Freeman Enterprises. I'm on LinkedIn, H-E Freeman Enterprises. Um, my website is hufreemanenterprises.com. 
I do also have a blog, hefreemanenterprises.blogspot.com. Um, so you can reach out to me in, on social media, any number of those ways, or go to my website, click my Contact Us page, and get my contact information, email me. I would love to hear from your listeners about any questions they might have. Yeah, so let's go with some of the things that you hear most from people who come to you from help, for help. And, um, you know, what is it that they're most perplexed about? Or what what is that question that you seem to hear over and over again? Well, the question, um, the, well, there are multiple questions um, that I hear from clients. And when I give seminars, uh, they want to know why, um, the information on their credit reports is not deleted when they pay off an account. And basically the reason for that is that's just the way the system is set up. You actually will have to request uh, that the company remove the item from your credit report uh, for any uh, pass-through account. Um, and that that is how you actually uh, are able to uh, boost or increase your credit score. Um, it's up to, up, up to the discretion of the company, but you can ask that they remove the information. Wow. And, and what is their reasoning for, for keeping it there um, if it is hurting your credit? Well, they really don't. Um, the credit score is is generated by the Fair Asa Company, and they started that back in the 1970s, and they rarely give details about why they have certain practices or rules in place. So the the reason for that is unknown. They they are a secret <laughs> secret, I don't want to say secret, but their information <laughs> is very secret. It's, it's very hard to find out how they work and how they operate. Um, you know, you only get bits and pieces of information. So it's it's really unknown why they why that is the rule, but that's that's the way it is. Mm, wow. And and it's really really um, sad because of the fact that um, having a, a high interest rate or a bad credit and being forced into a higher interest rate really limits what you can purchase because it really just reaches right into your pocket and changes your money, you know. And and that's the way I look at it. It, it really changes the value of your money when you have credit issues. Yes, and you you actually have less spending power, you have less negotiating power, you have to take whatever offer is presented to you and you uh you have uh you you're able to you you are unable to spend more money. You you have less money available to you. So if you know, let's say if you have like a five fifty credit score and you want to purchase a home, you may only get approved for two hundred thousand because of your bad credit. But someone with a seven forty credit score may get approved for three hundred or three hundred thousand dollar mortgage three hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage loan. Um so you definitely have more options available to you. That's why it's critical for your listeners to do everything they can to pay off past debt and uh fix errors on their credit reports to increase that credit score so that they can get the best interest rate possible and the best terms and conditions possible when they apply for credit or loans. So, you know, let's help our young people out. What are some of the things that they can do um, to not fall into this trap um, and to not listen to what their peers are doing as far as how they spend money? And what are some of the simple disciplines that they can sort of try to, you know, develop while they're still young that will help them, you know, leaps and bounds in the future? Well, <laughs> this is funny, but the first thing they need to do is stop following YOLO and um, <laughs> You know, I mean, it's great to have fun, but when it comes to spending money and credit, you really do have to start thinking about your future today. You cannot just be so careless and, and free and not think about how you're spending your money because it does come back to haunt you in the future. If you're running up using your credit cards and running up your debt, it will come back to haunt you later on in life. And, you know, many of their parents can probably, you know, testify to that. Um, it does come back to haunt you. So you really have to be responsible with your spending at an early age. I mean, there's some people in their 40s and 50s that are still paying student loan debt, that are still paying credit card debt, that are still 
haunted by the effects of the recession in 2008. So it's really important that you set a plan. You set a plan um, starting now, even in your 20s. Set a plan for, you know, what age you want to retire, you know, where you want to live, the goals that you want to achieve in life, and set up a plan to start working towards those. Make sure you're maxing out your retirement plan. Make sure that if you use your credit card, you pay off the balance at the end of each month. Try to pay for items with cash and be aware of what you're spending and what the spending policy is for the stores that you shop at. For example, if you go to the gas station and you pay with a credit card, you'll actually charge more um, per gallon than if you pay with cash. So those are some mm-hmm. of the things that, that you know, the, the young people need to be aware of and cognizant of. There are... Um, there, there are disadvantages sometimes with using credit, so you just have to really be aware of everything that that uh, is around you. Be aware of, you know, terms and conditions, store policies, you know, credit card uh, terms and conditions, and fees associated with it to make sure that you are not being taken advantage of, and to make sure you don't get yourself into a financial uh, situation or get into debt that you can't get out of. How can we teach our kids how to better handle money? Are there any lessons that should go along with the allowance that will help us to develop um, good habits in our, our children? Yes. Um, if if you are a parent and you have good spending habits, you need to pass those on to your children. If not, there are many educational games um, that uh, out there for children. They can pay, play the cash flow game. They can play, um, you know, many other games. Uh, they can use apps on their phones to help them track spending. They can watch TV shows or read books or read articles, watch videos on YouTube. Um, there are tons of resources out there that are geared towards children. There are also financial boot camps, um, programs like Jumpstart that target children. So there's a wealth of resources out there. You just have to pick one and make sure that you um, start, start, you know, as soon as elementary school, start as, with your children as soon as elementary school to educate them about finances because let me tell you, the credit card companies are waiting for them. When they get into high school, they will start targeting them and sending them offers for credit cards. And if your children are not educated about credit, about good spending habits, they will start uh, being taken advantage of. Hmm. You said the cash flow game, is that what it is? Yes, cash flow game. Uh, explain to us um, how that works. Uh, so basically there's a game called cash flow that was created by a gentleman named Robert Kiyosaki who uh, wrote the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he created oh, a yeah. game called cash flow. Um, and so basically the cash flow game teaches you how to uh, – Spend your money. It's an effective way to teach you how to spend your money, and it teaches you good spending habits, good financial habits um, that help you to, uh, you know, navigate through life, basically. Um, And it's a great way for families. You can use it at family reunions. You can use it at uh, different civic and social organizations. And... um, it's, it's pretty expensive, but it's definitely worth it um, because you learn valuable principles that you don't learn in school. Um, and basically the theme of the game is how to escape the rat race. It shows you how to play in the stock market. It explains about the housing market. Um, it talks about having an undersized job. It teaches you about the, how to acquire assets, um, how to navigate through the investing um, process. Okay, and Hareen, we're, we're getting a little interference with you. I don't know if you're moving about or not, um, but we can take a quick break and maybe we could try to um, explore what that might be, and we'll come right back after this. My friends, we should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. All of us do many wrong things, but if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. By putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse different directions. 
It takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Our tongues are small too, and yet they brag about big things. It takes only a spark to start a forest fire. The tongue is like a spark. It is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed. But our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father, and we curse people who were created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? Are any of you wise or sensible? Then show it by living right and by being humble and wise in everything you do. But if your heart is full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag or lie to cover up the truth. That kind of wisdom doesn't come from above. It is earthly and selfish and comes from the devil himself. Whenever people are jealous or selfish, they cause trouble and do all sorts of cruel things. But the wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere. When peacemakers plant seeds of peace, they will harvest justice. Wisdom from the Apostles from James 3 And without compromise, a measure of truth. All right, welcome back, Truth Seekers. We're on with Harim Freeman, and we I think we've resolved the issue with the sound. So <laughs> welcome back, Harim. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, it's funny. The first time we spoke, I, I know that we, we first connected on LinkedIn, and then I was able to, you know, sort of go through your information and um, see what it is you do. But that story that you told me about being a college student and finding your way out, um, there was one thing I did want to say about that. You are an extremely determined person. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is just, it amazes me to no end because you you turned around a situation <clears throat> that was rooted in a, a lack of discipline and you turned that thing around so fast and became the opposite person and pulled yourself out of it. And a lot of people I don't think can do that um, as successfully anyway. But um, I really had to give you kudos for really taking that situation changing it and now building a career around it. That's phenomenal. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I guess I guess I can say I am a fighter. I don't give up. I mean, when I'm faced with obstacles, I definitely, um, you know, persevere and work through until I get them resolved. So were you always this way? Um, I, I think so. I didn't really realize it, um, you know, back when I was in my 20s, but but now I realize that I, I think I've always been that way. I always persevere. I always, you know, work through problems. Even when I was working at Corporate America and, you know, we worked on joint projects with coworkers and they didn't give me the information, I would find another way to get the information to make sure that I got my work done. So I, I think I've always been that way. I just didn't realize it, you know, at the time. But I think I have always been that way. Right, right. You just needed a bar to measure yourself against to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and again, um, for someone to not fall into a deep depression and, and not be able to, and, and that's what happens when, when something hits you really hard and when you realize that you've made this huge mistake, you want to recover, but the energy and that discipline and that drive and that perseverance that you talk about, it, it leaves you, you know, and um, I, I kept waiting for you to say, 
so-and-so came to me and said this or said that. Someone took me by the hand and said, you know what, this is what you need to do. But it was you. And, and I think that's phenomenal. And I think that's the reason why you are so good at what you do, because you're, you're telling your story from experience. But beyond that, you have a, um, a discipline and a drive that will help people to stay on track when they, you know, commit to working with you. Yes, I definitely do. And, um, I mean, like I said, it was hard. It was probably one of the hardest experiences I had to go through. You know, my friends didn't understand why I didn't want to go out with them. And, you know, people tried to offer me money. You know, when I went to work, uh, people were offering to me lunch. But I, I turned down all the help because I felt that I would learn better from my mistakes and, learn the lessons better by doing everything on my own. Yes, it would have been great to have people to help me, but the impact would not have been as great. I would not have learned the lessons I did, and the experience would not have been as profound if I had let other people help me along the way. Wow, that that is that's phenomenal. You You really were able to see that you would have missed the lesson, even though those things would have, you know, if people were willing to loan you money or help you out of your situation, it would have meant that that situation would have gone away a lot faster. But you didn't mind staying in it to be able to you know, work it out for yourself. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. It, you just realized, though, that there are not many people out there that are like that, you know. I um, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. So when you wrote the book, what – what was it that clicked and said in your own mind that, you know, I need to write a book about what I've learned? Well, I don't know. Just one day I was just thinking about my situation and what I went through and how I overcame it financially. And I decided, I said, you know what? Uh, well, actually what happened was I started helping my family and friends with their issues. And then uh, I realized that there weren't, at the time, there weren't, that many resources out there to help people. And so I said, gosh, you know, there's, there's got to be some some method or some form to help people so they don't go through what I went through. And I said, well, let me just write a book. Now, I didn't know anything about writing a book. I, I didn't know anything about the process, but I knew that it was my desire and my passion to help people, and I wanted to make sure that I reached a wide audience. So what a great way to do that is through writing a book. And so I wrote the book. I did all of my research. And it, in the beginning, it only started off at 33 pages, but it morphed into, you know, a over 200-page book. And so I, you know, was able to help, you know, I don't know how many people, but I was able to help a lot of people, um, you know, uh, and thousands of clients with their financial issues. And so I'm happy that the book was well received. It was in bookstores. And so I'm just, you know, happy that I can help people um, so they can learn from my mistakes and not repeat the mistakes for themselves. Now, did you publish directly to Amazon or how did that come about? So basically, uh, I have my own publishing company, and so basically, uh, Amazon uh, gives you all the details about how to sell your book through them. They, they have multiple different programs. I think they have at least 12 different programs. So you just pick the program that you want to participate in. And so since I have my own publishing company, I will receive orders. Well, I still receive orders from Amazon, and then I uh, process the orders and the books are shipped out. Now, uh, the way that, that I process orders, I ship uh, the books to Amazon, and then as orders come in, um, the, the, they actually mail out uh, my books to whoever places the order, and then they send me a check. Um, but you could do it where the orders come to you and uh, orders are sent to you, and then you ship out the books yourself. Um, so, like I said, there are different, there are several different ways that you can uh, process your books and process your orders through Amazon. Um, you just have to do figure out which program you want to participate in. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, how did the um, the book 
when you first put it out there, I mean, you're sitting there looking in the mirror one day saying, wow, I woke up today, I'm an author now. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how how did, you know, putting the book out there also change for you and your business and, you know, the things that you were trying to do to get your message out to people? Uh, it, well, writing a book, and I tell everyone that I meet that if you have a story, write a book. I tell everyone to write a book um, because there are so many people that can learn from your your lessons. And so I tell everyone I meet to write a book, get your story out there. Um, and I was so excited when the book came. Um, you know, I was running around the house, and I was so excited but I was even more excited to um, to see my book in the bookstore on the bookshelf next to all of these other famous authors. And so that was a tremendous way feeling. But like I said, having a book gives you a platform, and it, it really presents you as an expert in your particular industry. Right, right. That's awesome. Well, you know, we, we missed we wish you even more success and um, really proud of what you've done so far. And um, yeah, I think you have a great story beyond your expertise as well. And I'm glad we had a chance to touch on that tonight. Well, um, if you have any closing remarks, just um, go right ahead. Yeah. So uh, like I said, people can reach out to me on social media. I'm on Twitter at H-A-R-R-I-N-E. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, H.E. Freeman Enterprises. The name of my book is How to Get Out of Debt, Get an A Credit Rating for Free. It's available everywhere, iTunes, iBook, uh, Google, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Nook, Kindle, um, everywhere books are sold, it's, it's there. And so, you know, it's a great resource for people. It tells you how to create a budget, how to track your spending, how to increase your credit score, how to effectively get out of debt, how to deal with telemarketers, how to deal with predators and the particular laws that are in place to protect consumers. And it has a great uh, resource and wealth of information with sample budgets and sample uh, letters to send to creditors to pay off your debt. Wow. And I just want to uh, encourage everyone, please do not go into debt this holiday season. Um, you know, you will definitely will regret it when your bill comes in January. And there's, there's a term that uh, the credit bureaus use called Doc January, which basically means after you spent all of the money that you have and the money that you don't have, <laughs> that you haven't <laughs> even earned yet, you get that statement in January and you you know, you start scratching your head or have a heart attack because you look and you see how much you actually spent on holiday gifts. Holidays are a great time, but it doesn't mean that you have to break your bank or extend yourself uh, just to keep up with someone else or to make someone happy. Um, it's the thought that counts, and if anyone is upset that you can't spend a certain dollar amount, then you need to reevaluate uh, that person and that relationship. Wow. Yeah, and that happens every year. It does. It <laughs> yeah, does. really. More people break up at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Valentine's Day. I mean, it's and I guess it's a time for people to reevaluate, just like you said, their relationship and what it's worth to them. Yes, it definitely is. Well, that's a whole nother show right there. But <laughs> yes, that's all that is true. Wow. Well, well, thank you, Irene. I really appreciate you joining us today um, and um, sharing your expertise for our listeners. And uh, we just can't wait to have you back again in the near future. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. I definitely enjoyed my time with the show. All right. We'll see you and happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. You know, the time has come for us to learn to analyze and scrutinize the things that we have conveniently come to believe is factual through repetition from what is actually the real truth. We have somehow been led to slaughter by our refusing to ask the questions that would hopefully make sense of the rhetoric, if indeed the rhetoric made any sense at all. We have our suspicions for good reason. But so often we find it much easier to go along, to get along, rather than ask the questions that would lead us to the truth. 
Have we grown so accustomed to being lied to that the lie has become the thing that we desire? Have we lost our taste over the years for what is real and factual because we would rather be entertained than informed? How is it that we would rather focus on one tiny fragment of the aftermath than the root, the source, and the cause? What then stops us from opening the debate that would bring about the key changes needed to break the cycle of injustice? Have we been made to feel powerless or are we just unconcerned? What will it take to wake up America? In this age of information technology, there is more usable, factual resources available to the average individual through the Internet than ever before in the history of mankind. But we still choose to be spoon-fed rather than research, debate, and digest the truth for ourselves. Now we find that we're so brainwashed that our attention now locksteps to the next scandalous, exaggerated, emotion-driven headline, while the truth sits unnoticed in plain sight yet another day. Well, I for one will not be a part of this brainwashing of the masses, this decline in intellect, this surrender of conscience. So where do you stand in the scheme of things? Free thinker with a mind set to seek out and devour the truth? Or just another cog in the wheel of blind complacency? Well, of course, the choice is yours. But as for me, no matter how much garbage you try to heap in my direction, I will always maintain a healthy appetite for a measure of truth. Well, Truth Seekers, we've just come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth. The Messiah is the only well Capable of giving living water Unto those who dwell in darkness And he said we can all sit But now just like Lucifer Y'all wanna sit on his throne as well How you figure you worthy to sit From his holy grail The only throne you worthy is sitting on In hell, he made you from dirt When you die back in the dirt you dwell He created earth, you ain't even Create the words you sell Take it from me before you meet the father Whether you Jay or Kanye or just 
the piece of clay trying to be the powder. I'm not your judge, I just know that when you meet your honor, it'll be too late for you to say or do a thing about it. Jesus is worth more than anything that you can leave your daughters. Money's cool, but reaching dollars never equal peace inside you. How did you think it would feel when you reached a million? The same way you think it'll feel when you reach a billion. With urgency, you search for peace, but nothing seems to fill it. I just pray you don't jump from the building once you reach the ceiling. Uh, it's no coincidence that out of all of these religions, Jesus Christ, the only one they ever seem to mention. They be like, chill, it's just a marketing scheme for selling. Since when is it respected to be ready and willing to do anything to seek attention? Your definition of real is based on you liking something. So now what's fake is only fake until your idol does it. And you'll be like, so what? He's rich and drives a Bentley coupe. He's